0: Hey guys, welcome to today's show. I am very excited because we have a special guest with us today. We have Miss Becca Ridding, who is a life coach and also the author of the Clarity Journal. And she's gonna be talking to us today about all things healing and feeling better. And I cannot wait to really dive into this. So welcome to Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness. I am Melissa Oatman, your host from MelissaOatman.com. So welcome to the show today, Becca.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: I'm so excited to have you. You know, we're both coaches, so I always enjoy being able to talk to other coaches like myself and just get their perspective and take on things. Um, Why don't you just start by telling us a little bit about yourself and how did you get into coaching and helping others heal?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Um, I've been a coach for a long time. I've been a coach for into it? Because I think how a lot of coaches end up getting into it. I was at a crossroads myself and I was really, um, struggling with what to do next. You know, you get out of college, you get on one path and then you realize the real world is nothing like what your professors told you it was. And so as I was going back and forth about what to do next, I, um, uh, Basically started helping my friends. You know, I was doing all the reading. I was this was a while ago. So like, what color is your parachute? Figuring out my Myers Briggs type. Uh, I'm trying to think of other books that were popular back in the day. Uh, And I just, as I started gaining more clarity about what I wanted to do, I was also helping my friends with their transitions because you know I had a lot of friends in their mid to late 20s who are going through that same thing. What do I want to do next? This wasn't what I meant to get end up in. And so as I was doing that, I really realized I was good at helping them. <laughs> and I ended up becoming a coach so that I could help more people through that journey. Because I feel like so often we feel so alone. Even if we have good friends, our friends aren't necessarily able to be distant enough from the problem at hand to really give us good guidance because they have things they want for us. You know, they don't want us to take risks or especially our family doesn't want to take us to take risks. And yeah. So I I have never looked back as soon as I started doing it. It's just been wonderful.
0: I love that. And I love what you said too, about friends, not always like they want the best for you, but not always giving you the best advice. I always say that I always tell my clients, you know, you, your friends don't have to live with the consequences of your action. So it's always to like, listen to your own intuition, and then to get guidance on that. I love that. So um, you also have the clarity journal, which is uh, what you wrote. So tell us a little bit about what that is. And and how does that help
1: people? So the clarity journal, it came about when I was about four years ago, I had just had a baby and I was really struggling with where I wanted to go next in my career. And, you know, doing that hemming and hawing thing with friends again, (laughs) I realized, well, I didn't realize one of my friends was like, you need to stop for a second, Becca, you're the career coach. You're the one who deals with like all of these life purpose issues what would you tell yourself? And I was, that's a great question and a really annoying question. Thank you. (laughs) And so I just went down and journaled that afternoon. I, I first journaled all of the questions I've asked my clients to help them gain clarity. And as I was doing that, then I started actually answering the questions I came up with. And I realized I'd really hit on something a lot of times when we're coaching the big, the big thing in coaching is those questions that make you stop and pause and really think about a problem in a different light. And so I just, I ran with it. It took me a little longer. First book always takes the longest, right? (laughs) It took me a little longer than I meant, but uh, it's out and it's really, I feel like helpful for that that energy, people that are stuck in that energy of not really fully committing to one thing or another.
0: Oh, I feel like that is so many people out there. A lot of clients that I see or people that I work with. It's like they're, the first thing I'll say is your energy is all over the place. You need to focus on something. Um, And I feel like a lot of people get into that right where we want to start one project and then we go over here and we start another and then we never end up coming circling back and finishing the one thing that we started so i feel like that's a big problem for a lot of people um so i love that you have a tool out there to help people really get clear on okay where do i need to focus my attention because i feel like that's a big problem for a lot of people
1: and i think part of that problem really is that you know, nothing's ever 100% perfect. And so if you're in the middle of making that decision, part of it is being okay with the fact that you have two decisions that are both 80% perfect. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think a lot of people get stuck in that one track, like perfectionism. And I think it's just a form of fear rearing its ugly head. And, you know, you're, you're never going to be completely perfect. I don't think that's even a thing. Uh, and right. I think everything is perfection in itself anyway, like the universe is perfect. So we don't need to worry about striving for that, I think. But a lot of people get stuck focusing on that one piece, I think, like, oh, this has to be the best, or I have to have everything before I get started.
1: Yeah, I think also, you really hit on it. I think it's fear. It's I don't want to get started until I am absolutely dead certain, but you're never going to be dead certain about anything. It's we're living in the human world. So nothing's perfect. And if it's not going to be perfect, you're going to, at some point, have to throw your hat over the wall. And some people, you know, when you were talking about how some people start projects and then don't finish them, I think that's the other thing that I'm really trying to head off is like if you, if you can hit that clarity with also a deep understanding of this isn't perfect, and I understand what its imperfections are. I think it makes it easier to move forward strongly versus that energy where it's like, I'm going to make this perfect. Oh, I can't make this perfect. I'm going to make this perfect. Oh, I can't make that perfect either. You know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> um,
0: I think that I see a lot of people I know who just don't even try they don't even allow themselves to imagine trying whatever it is they really always wanted to go after and i think the fear part of it is really the biggest because there's fear of what are other people going to think about me fear of rejection you know if i start my business or i start this people won't want me they won't want to come to me why should they come to me all of these things and um Everybody has those fears. I'm going to put that out there right now. Everybody has those fears. The difference between you and I or someone out there who may be listening is that we choose to work through it and to cast right. it. Because the fear, that's so that's a human nature thing. That's so normal for everyone to have fear. Um, but I tell a lot of people, like, I never would have started this podcast if I thought I had to know everything about, I knew nothing about podcasting.
1: Well, well, and when you start something like podcasting or writing a book, inevitably, you don't know a whole lot of things. And being able to live in that uncomfortable space for a couple months where you're learning something completely new is really hard. It's uncomfortable. So it's really hard to really push yourself through that. And I think a lot of people end up giving up right before they hit the point where they're going to be comfortable with it again. You know, how many people have podcasts that have 10, 15, 20 episodes, and then never another episode. And I'm sitting there looking at them like, you've hit 20 episodes. You're getting good at the like audio mixing and stuff. You were just so close and you gave up too soon. Yeah. They
0: say that a lot of businesses, and I read this somewhere that a lot of businesses, it takes five years. They say, give yourself five years for a business to actually be where you want it to be, or even be in that direction. And a lot of people will quit at like year four or three, because it's so much more interesting, Interesting. you know, I don't want to do.
1: Right. And I can understand it. If you really don't want to do it, you know, sometimes like situations change, but on the other hand, you have to realize that you're losing out on a lot that you've built up and put into it.
0: And I have to wonder how much of it is not like, I don't want to do this anymore, but I don't believe in myself or this isn't working because you know I'm not seeing the results that I think I should be seeing. And I think that's the thing that makes me very sad is watching people give up on themselves.
1: Right. Well, not realizing that everyone feels this way. I think, especially in the U S well, in like um, English speaking culture, I don't, I can only can't speak for other cultures, but we have this obsession with the success story. And usually in the success story, that struggle part is one paragraph long. And it looks like, you know, same with a sitcom or a TV show, the struggle takes 10 minutes and all of a sudden things are wonderful and they have a million (laughs) dollars. (laughs) <laughs> you know it's like it, I always liken it to childbirth like if you l- watch a movie where a kid is being born look at that childbirth birth looks like it's a pain in the neck for about 30 seconds <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> one thing I definitely was not prepared for for how long that was going to take I'm like no oh, it'll be a couple of hours <laughs> no <laughs> days actually oh no
1: <laughs> Yeah. Certainly not the thirty seconds on a sitcom.
0: No, 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 no. Well, and that's life. Life is messy. Life is not perfect. Uh, we have to get over this idea that somehow we have to show up and be perfect, and we're not. And you're never going to be all the time, and that's okay. Just showing up, I think, is the main thing. Just show up.
1: When you- well, feeling good about showing up. Yeah. Like, there are things in the journey that you can feel good about even if it's not the success story yet. I think. Yeah. I mean, there's people
0: just... who need you, you know, people need it. Your energy is needed and you show up, you may, maybe you reached two people. Those two people needed you, you know, I mean, that's, that's always the way I like to look at things is if I've helped one person, I showed up and this was my mission and I'm doing it. So that's really all I focus on is just kind of what's ahead of me of, okay, well, I said I was going to do this, I'm doing it. And you know, do I go back and change things make correction? Of course, of course, that's the journey, you can always course correct and shift. And that's the beautiful thing about life, you can wake up tomorrow and decide you want to reinvent things and do things a little differently. And we have that we're lucky enough, I think we have the opportunity that we can. And that's what I love about the journaling thing, because I think that journaling is such an awesome tool. To really figure out, okay, what's going on in me, what's keeping me stuck, what do I need to work on to get past that that wall of fear?
1: Right, and I think that that it a key part of that is being on, like, really honest with yourself. And some people are almost too honest; like, all they do is journal about the negative. And some people are t- too airy-fairy, like, oh, everything's great. Everything's great. Everything's great. Meanwhile, things are crashing down around them. That like, centered honesty where you can look at a problem in its entirety, I think is really important for helping yourself be able to shift out of the problem without just exploding everything, without just leaving the project behind. It, It helps you really come up with ideas for how you could shift it Gently and easily, and be more in alignment with yourself.
0: And I love that there are always people and tools at your fingertips too. If you don't have the answers, I mean, we are in a Google it society where everything is figure outable, as Marie Porleo mm. always says. That it's true, though, like you can figure things out if you can't do it by yourself. There are wonderful coaches out there who help people. And that's, I mean, I personally, have worked with a couple of coaches and they've been so super helpful because when I couldn't get past that blockage, like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> you know, you go to them and you're like, help me. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And they just look at you and they're like, you're doing this, 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 and this. And these are the things you need to fix. And it's like you said earlier, you're too close to the problem. Sometimes you can't figure it out. Like, why am I stuck?
1: Or you're too. You're in a different space in the learning process. I think sometimes that Googleable age can hurt us too, because we feel like we should be able to figure this out. I should be able to Google this and come up with the answer. Whereas that's dismissing the experience other people have built up and might be able to. Like, yes, you could probably figure it out yourself if you went and watched a hundred hours of YouTube videos. Right. But you could hire a coach or you could hire, you know, a mentor in that space or just reach out to mentors and they'll be able to take one look at it and be like, here's what you're doing wrong. I'm going to save you that hundred hours.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. It does. It saves you the time, the frustration. And I mean, yes, the tools are out there, but you have to know which tools you need. And for many of us, we don't even know where to start. We're like, okay, I'll start doing this. And I feel like a lot of people do that. They get on this self-development journey and they Mm want to improve themselves in every area of their lives. And they get so far and they think I'm doing so well. And then they hit a wall and they get stuck because there's only, in my opinion, there's only so much you can do by yourself.
1: I agree. You definitely need somebody to help you reflect back. And that's one of the things that, like, you alluded to earlier. Like, sometimes your friends are not helpful. Sometimes they're too positive. Sometimes they're not. You know, sometimes they're too negative. Sometimes they just want you to play safe. If you're really good at this and filtering through, you could use your friends. But you have. It's just so much filtering. What they're telling you through your own ex, like, through your own experience with them, like, where does this person lean? Where does, you know, this person is encouraging me to start up a business. Well, they've never had a job in their life. Like, <laughs> you no, know,
0: I, I, I agree with you so much on that too. I mean, I, I have to say like, I personally had an experience one time where I'm sharing to my family, like this happened, you know, they're like mother bear, like, well, that, that person is completely wrong and you're right. And then I, told the whole situation to someone who is an objective third party like a counselor and she's like oh no you're wrong <laughs> i am like everyone in my corner thought i was right like <laughs> you're seeing this from an emotional space and you need to take yourself out of your emotions and that's what i love about coaching too because it's like an objective person looking at it with fresh right. eyes and saying you know you're looking at this all wrong or you're approaching this from the wrong direction. And we need to refocus and shift.
1: Right. I think, especially when you're focusing on something from fear or lack, that's where it really helps because you're right. Your family and friends, if they're good, are going to rally around you and tell you you're right. They're not going to be like, uh, no, actually you were the jerk in that situation. (laughs)
0: They'd be afraid to tell you that like, yeah, no, you
1: would be afraid to <laughs> tell me that too.
0: <laughs> well, and it's true, the fear part too, because I know I have a mother who, if I go to her, like when I went and said, I'm starting a podcast, I was like, why are you doing that? You know, not to be mean, not to be discouraging, but it's, it was sort of like the fear, you know, well, if you're going to put yourself out there, nobody's going to listen. You know, this is what's going to happen. And it wasn't a trying to be mean thing. It was trying to pull you down out of the clouds and keep you into reality. But I think that that hurts us a lot of times too.
1: And I think that, I don't know how men experience it, but I think that people do it easier to women and don't even realize they're doing it. And it's like that pulling down out of the sky is harmful. You know, it's... Oh, sorry. I heard it. Kids. (laughs) Um, it's harmful because you're just, you're dreaming big. You're at the beginning stages. And yeah, like if there's something wrong with your strategy, like that could be like actually helpful to change and course correct. That's one thing, but just saying, Oh, this isn't going to be successful. So don't bother trying. It's like, well, there are tons of people that are successful with podcasts and, most of the people that aren't successful with podcasts stopped pretty early on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, to me, it doesn't cost a fortune, you know, to do a lot of things that people want to start. I mean, sometimes maybe yes, but for most things, it's a matter of putting yourself out there and just trying, like if you want to write a book, well, you can self-publish nowadays. I mean, there's so many ways. And I think that that fear of failure is one of the biggest things we have to overcome. And so I love that working with a coach can give you the perspective you need to say, you know, okay, what's the worst thing that could happen if you put yourself out there? Okay. Well, it's not really that bad. Is it like, you've made it 20,000 times worse in your head than it really probably is.
1: Right. And you think that also a key part of that is yes, working with a coach but also having people around you that are doing the same thing you're doing Uh, at a certain level. It doesn't have to be exactly the same thing, but having that group of friends that's behind you that is like, yeah, this isn't unrealistic. Like it may take, who knows how long it'll take, but you should totally get the book out. You should totally start the podcast. Like those cheerleaders in your life are really important because the coach is... Really good for that clarity and that centering, but you also need people to help you carry that momentum forward.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um I think that it's difficult enough to believe in yourself. So it's important to have those around you who believe in you too. But it right. starts with you. You're the first and most important thing, I think. It does. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. And also being aware of who those friends are right? You know, if you know your mom is going to say, hey, podcast, um, are we sure about this? Then maybe that she's not the first person you tell. Maybe she's the 10th person you tell. Yeah.
0: Or maybe you tell her after you've already been on it. for
1: five <laughs> Hey, mom, so I've had a podcast for five years. I've interviewed a thousand people.
0: <laughs> it's already successful, so don't try to put it down. <laughs> you know, sometimes you have to do that. Sometimes we have to, you know, be picky about who we have in our corner. If we know that, you know, and and there's nothing wrong with that. We talk about all the time, uh, letting go of people in situations that don't serve you. And so sometimes that just means, you know, I'm not going to always go to this person for advice because they're very negative and they're going to put a negative on it.
1: You know? Well, and I was just going to say who you're letting into your energetic space, you know? Yeah. No matter how, where you are on the belief scale of any of this, letting someone negative into your space is really detrimental. I was reading this article a while ago, but it hit me so strongly uh, because I focus mostly on careers. And the article was saying that if you have one toxic employee in a group, it lowers the productivity of the entire group, I think by 30%. And it was just... It really hit me in the gut, you know, because it's like, wow. You know what? It's true, though. I've been in those situations. Um, I, I don't know. There's part of me that's like, I might have been that person once or twice, with a, you know, like where I d- didn't get along with the boss in the situation, and maybe if someone had gotten along with the boss, it wouldn't have actually been as bad as I thought it was. <laughs> but
0: you know, I, I've been in those situations too, and I completely agree with you and with those findings because. Even having one negative person, first of all, the amount of time you waste arguing or trying to, because I know I've been in situations where we had to have people come in and have meetings to talk about how to have meetings. You know, It's like, really, (laughs) this is what it's come to because one person was always so mean and negative and would like yell things. And we literally had to have a meeting to talk about how to have a meeting. And that, to me, when I, when that happened, it's like, okay, this is ridiculous.
1: Right. But if you have a loved one in your life, it's the same thing. Like that, that loved one in your life complaining is decreasing your energy by 30%. Absolutely.
0: And yeah.
1: So you really need to be aware and not necessarily, I mean, if you need to cut them off, so be it, but not necessarily cut them off, but you need to be able to really recognize the effects of it mm-hmm. and what it is you want
0: yeah i mean there are ways you can protect your energy by just saying like i'm only going to be around this person as much as i have to be or right I, you know i've said to people before if you're going to keep complaining i'm going to leave like, <laughs> I've said that, and it's not easy to say but sometimes you have to because to me a lot of people don't even realize how negative they're being until they right. think that out you know not saying you have to be susie sunshine all the time but a lot of people are negative, not even realizing that they're being negative.
1: They're right. Just- well, I think that way. I think. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think a lot of people fall into that. Like, if so- something's not going in well in their life, and they're noodling on that, it ends up coming out in so many different streams of their conversation, and it's. Just I, sometimes I think the best thing you can do is remind them, right? Like it's like, okay, you are complaining a lot. Do you, is your life really this bad? <laughs>
0: <laughs> or do you realize, you know, you create a lot of your own reality with what you say right. and what you think. So if you're constantly complaining, it's like you're speaking more of that into being. Right. That just kind of perpetuates the cycle. When you see more negative things, you're going to see more negative things because that's what your focus is on. But if you can shift it to seeing the blessings in your life or seeing the good things that are there, then you start to notice those things more often. And just naturally, there's a a shift in how you're seeing things, I think.
1: Right. Well, I think I don't know. sometimes I go back and forth about whether I believe in law of attraction, but I really see it like whether I believe it's you know quantum mechanics or whether I believe that it's just psychology. Because I run into this all the time. I have a you know I do focus mostly on career, so I get a fair number of people who are simply doing job changes, and the ones that have the best energy get the jobs the fastest, and they get better jobs. And is that about energy or is that simply because they interview better they're applying to more things because they're more upbeat about any particular one panning out like it's just it is a totally different energy Mm -hmm. And and it's hard to overstate just how important that is for anything in your life because you're always wanting experiences and good things to come to you and the more you stay in that sense of like lack and complaining is just if you're complaining to me for four hours about something i'm unlikely to tell you about a job opening that i just heard about
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know i totally believe in the energy thing because i do energy healing work but i have seen it personally your energy i believe enters the room before you do and so it it can either attract people or it can repel people you've probably experienced that where you've met somebody and all of a sudden the hair and your arm stands up or something and you're like i don't like this person and i don't know why like i don't know them but there's something about this person I, i don't trust or i don't like and it's the energy that's repelling you or in the opposite way, there's probably been people you met, and immediately you're like, "Oh, this person's so great! I just love this person. I don't even know them, but I feel so at home with them." And again, it's the energy attraction thing. You know, we when we're so negative, there's Nala. Nala has to say hi everybody. Uh, when we're so negative, that happens. You know, but right. I think energy is everything, and the fact that you don't even really. It's a a funny,
1: it's such a funny thing because I go back and forth about it, but there's something there to it, regardless of how you believe it happens, because you just, you can, you can feel the hair on your, on your arms. Like it's just, or, you know, if you have a friend who does complain, you see their name pop up on the text before you even see like who, like what they've said. And you're just like, Oh, this person's gonna complain. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like you can already feel your own energy tank as soon as you hit one of, like, unless you're really conscious of it at the time, like, unless you do your own protective measures, like, it's really hard to deal with that on an ongoing basis. Like, mm-hmm. if you're dealing with that, where you're dealing with it like a lot within a single day. And I think that that's, I guess that's actually one of the real reasons why I came up with a clarity journal, because I see so often people at the beginning of this journey, people at the beginning of the journey of trying to find their purpose, if you ask them what they want to do, oftentimes they're like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I And and that's it. And And it's even hard to get them out of that mindset of, I don't know. And you ask them and they really say some version of, I don't know, like 20 times. And then, but in a coaching session, I get those people who have sent me really long emails about how they don't know. And by the end of the coaching session, it really, becomes very apparent that they have two to three things they're actually deciding about. And they're so stuck on the energy of, I don't know that they can't move out of it and really explore those two to three things. Cause they aren't, giving it love, giving it excitement, giving it attention, giving it positivity.
0: Yeah. I love that you help them get unstuck and kind of moving forward with that. Um, You know, that's the thing. I think many of us maybe struggle with the fact that maybe you have a couple of ideas that you'd like to pursue just because you haven't narrowed it completely down to one yet doesn't mean you can't get there, but there is a process to figuring that out. But the process isn't staying and going, okay, this one, this one, this one, and being in that forever. Like you have to move forward at some point. Um, Then I think that you're never ever too old to take a risk, to decide that you wanna do something different. And I think a lot of people, that's a fear too, is, oh, I'm in my forties and I've already done this one career for so long and now I'm too old to switch. And what would you say to somebody who is sitting there thinking
1: that? I'd say to someone in their forties that I work with a lot of people in their sixties that wish wish they had switched in their forties. You know, it's really, it is what you make of it. Like, What's that quote? Like the best thing, best time to have started is five years ago. The second best time to start is today. If you don't start today, you're never going to actually get there. And I, my saddest clients are the ones that are in their sixties trying to figure out what they want to do because most people can't retire at 65 these days and it's, and it is hard to tell someone who's like 62 to go back to college, yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, that's probably not, I, I some people will do it, but it's probably not going to happen. And so if you're really struggling and you're in your forties or even your fifties, think about what gift you want to give to your 65 year old self.
0: I love that. That's a great way to look at it. Well, this has been such a great conversation. Um, I love it. So if people want to work with you or they want to grab a copy of the Clarity Journal, how can they do that?
1: Well, you can find the Clarity Journal on Amazon and you can find me at BeccaRibbing.com and on Instagram and Twitter at BeccaRibbing as well.
0: Awesome. And of course, I'll have all those links in the show notes. So I always like to ask our guests to leave our audience with one piece of advice or a little golden nugget, if you will, and you've already given us many, but if there was one, one piece of advice that you could give anyone out there listening, what would that be?
1: To recognize when you're afraid of your dreams. And to recognize that for what it is and not let it stop you.
0: Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you so much. And I want to encourage all of you out there listening, you know, don't be afraid of going after your dreams and don't be afraid of changing just because you've done something for so long. If it's making you miserable, you don't want that to be your legacy is that I hated going to work every day or I hated this part of my life. It's never too late to change. You can wake up tomorrow and your life can be completely different if you choose to make it completely different. So think about that. Thank you, Becca, so much for being here with us.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And I want to thank all of you for being here with us today as well. As always, if you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please leave a positive review from wherever you're listening. And of course, the greatest compliment you can pay me is to share my podcast with those you think might also enjoy it. If you wanna follow me on social media, I go live Mondays at 6.30 Central on Facebook where I do a free card reading. If you show up for the live, I'll pull a card especially for you. And if you wanna work with me, you can go to my website, melissaopen.com. There you'll see all the services I offer. There are a lot of things from online courses to working one-on-one with me. You can purchase directly from my website and then contact me to schedule or you can just book a free discovery call with me if you wanna work with me but you're not really sure what you need. All right, guys, I hope that you are having a beautiful day from wherever you're listening. And as always, I am sending you so much love and light. I will talk to you soon. Bye, guys.